0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight?
1: Doing pretty well. What's going on, Jimmy?
0: Not too much. Tonight we have the host from Locked On Jaguars with us, so we will break down what the Jaguars have done this offseason. Before we do that, we remind you, Terry and I are right Government uh, Titans for SB Nation, so you can check us out there. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. Terry's at T Lambert FB, and the podcast account at Locked On Titans. Uh, and you can obviously, you know, find the podcast wherever you get your podcast: iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. and Search Locked On Titans. All right. With all that being said, we will bring in our guests for tonight: uh, Zach Goodall and Chris Thornton, uh, again of Locked On Jaguars. How are y'all tonight?
2: Doing great doing pretty good can't complain living the offseason dream
0: <laughs> there you go yeah we're getting into the the dog days here um but so it's good to have you all on and, and like i said catch up with what's going on around the division um all right so we'll start with free agency uh you know obviously the titans have a lot of big changes that have happened the jaguars didn't have as much from a, a, a coaching staff standpoint all that kind of stuff but the jaguars again were very active in free agency. Um, You know, you had three or four kind of big-ticket signings. Break down maybe what you think the two most important signings are that that the Jaguars added in free agency.
2: I'll let Chris kick this off because he's been talking about Andrew Norwell to the Jaguars since (laughs)
3: 2016. (laughs) Yeah, uh, waking up on – it felt like waking up like a little kid on Christmas morning uh, the night of tampering or the morning of tampering to see that the Jags had agreed to a deal with – former all pro left guard andrew norwell uh i thought it was a pipe dream i didn't think that would ever happen and but it did and the jaguars o-line got extremely better and as you guys know the o-line is very important as you guys have a very good o-line so andrew norwell by far probably the biggest signing and i'll let zach handle the number two Uh, they had a couple of
2: other signings. It was weird to see the Jaguars spend so much, but they were able to do it, as a lot of people in Jaguars Twitter like to say, cap space just seems to be a fake thing. (laughs) Um... They had to find a replacement for Aaron Colvin. I don't love the DJ Hayden signing. I just thought they overpaid for a guy that they probably could have drafted someone to be just as good in that role. And obviously on a rookie deal, especially in the mid-rounds, really is like next to nothing. But uh, I really like the Austin Safarian Jenkins signing. You know, he obviously, when he was in Tampa, things kind of fell apart. Uh, He had a DUI. He had to move on from there, went to the New York Jets, seemed to clean his life up a little bit, and had a productive season, I think something like 37 receptions, like 500-some yards. I can't remember how many touchdowns, but he seemed to put um, things back together, and... He hit the market. He had interest from a couple teams, including his hometown, Seattle. But uh, came to Jacksonville and has already seemed to become a fan favorite uh, on a relatively cheap deal a couple years, I think around $10 million. So didn't break the bank on him whatsoever. But he's a guy that they view as versatile, someone that they can play in line, uh, have him help block in this power run scheme, as well as maybe line him up in a big slot, uh, give him a better receiving weapon than what they had at the start of free agency after uh, they let Alan Robinson walk. So I think he'll be a versatile type of piece for this offense that they really needed so doubling up on offense there is what they really needed to do
1: yeah you already mentioned the cap space and that it's kind of been a, a weird thing for us being a team that doesn't typically uh, spend money in, in free agency how are the Jaguars doing this you know it just seems like they just signed everyone uh, for sure. the past couple of years you know they threw nine million dollars at Dante Moncrief
2: uh, are, are we missing something here as Titans fans um so the way they do it is they they have John Edzik the former Jets general manager in house as like their cap specialist. I don't really know exactly what his title is, but pretty much he helps them set up contracts to where that the guarantees are out the window within the first two years. And at the end of the, at the end of a two or three years, it's pretty much they have an out to where they could release these guys for very little to no dead money. They signed Chris Ivory to a five year, $32 million deal uh, just two years ago. He didn't work out. This offseason, they cut him and I think it was. Chris, you know how much dead cap, like two million.
3: $3 yeah, million? I think it was like three million, but they also made like four or five million. So, so they they
2: they found ways to clear guarantees very early on in the deals. And I mean, we hate to talk about losing Malik Jackson or Clayus Campbell or players like that that are so important to this defense now. But after this year, you can make money if by. Uh, make cap create cap space by releasing Malik Jackson and in two years you can create cap space by releasing Calais Campbell despite these guys being some of the top paid guys at their position like they can make it happen and I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to the draft talking Taven Bryan stuff like that but I think the way that they're looking to build this defense with their money and then build um, drafting young replacements to take over over time I think they've developed a really good system to kind of go around cap space.
0: All right. Uh, obviously, you know, as Titans fans, we love Blake Bortles. Uh, we're super <laughs> excited when y'all uh, when he was re-signed. Um, I, and I know that, like, from a from a contract standpoint, you know, it's it's not a cap issue, and you know the way the deal is structured, kind of like you're talking about, um, all that stuff's going on. So it's not like you you hindered yourself with that down the road. But were y'all a little bit surprised that they didn't go after one of the guys that was available in free agency and try to upgrade their –
3: I mean, I think it was kind of always on the table that a Blake extension was there. I think a lot of Jags fans, deep down in their heart, didn't want it to happen, and then also they kind of did because he just kind of embodies what Jacksonville is all about. Uh, But I thought it was a pretty good deal. I was kind of almost pro bringing him it back because he did manage the ball much better last year. I think really his turning point was uh I would say probably that later stretch, especially in December when he was just looking like a quarterback we hadn't seen. Consistent, just making all the throws in Jacksonville. Uh a lot of Jags fans wanted to go after Kirk Cousins. I personally was against that. I didn't want to spend a hundred million dollars on a quarterback that really hasn't been a hundred million dollar quarterback in my eyes. Now if they wanted to throw like a hundred million dollars at Jimmy Garoppolo, I would have been okay with that. But uh Obviously, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't think it was a horrible deal all the way around. I thought it was a fairly smart move, especially like we mentioned earlier with the cap. They've structured it to where after next season they can get out of it and have no remorse over that decision. Yeah,
2: I look at it as um, I, I think I saw someone say this the other day that with the way you know. Teams are utilizing cap space to pay quarterbacks, even average ones. Like I thought, paying Derek Carr the money that Derek Carr got paid was a joke. Um, and someone made this great point to me the other day: is that with the money that their teams are spending in guarantees alone, not even just the full contract, you can build a pretty damn good team. Um, and if you can build around even just some a quarterback that. Blake is up and down. I'll, I'll go as far as to call him mediocre because they're good aspects and they're very poor qualities that match that. Um, but with the way that they've built it and the way that they've reiterated, they want to be this power running team with a great defense and a guy that they know that they can at least trust to manage the game at best. And we saw that last year. And I think I, I think NFL teams are really driven by ego. That's always been a thing that I've believed in. And Dave Caldwell having blake as his quarterback and seeing that they were able to win with him i think that was a huge part of the thought process is that to just keep building around him like build as dominant as a team as you can and save the money rather than dishing 91 million guaranteed pretty much a fully guaranteed contract to kirk cousins just keep doing what you're doing and try and build from there so i get it i would have loved it if they You know, if they just went ahead and said, nope, we're going to upgrade, whether it be Kirk, whether it be trading up for a quarterback, like I love Josh Rosen, and I would have loved him here. But I I understand the move after it happened. And like you guys said, it is a financially smart deal. It doesn't hold the team back much at all in terms of cap space. Uh,
1: No more Allen Robinson, no more Allen Hearns. Uh, It was really kind of fun to watch uh, these. No-name jacks receivers emerged and developed down the stretch last year uh, for you guys. Just give me your your one, two, three at receiver right now. Who's going to be catching all these balls from Blake Bortles?
2: I think – we're going to see a lot of growth from those young guys. Keelan Cole was a deep ball threat last year. I think he ranked near the top in terms of yards per catch in the league. Um, We'd like to see him be able to do more than run a nine route and I think he's learning to develop his route tree more in the short game but currently I mean he can run posts, he can run corners and he can run goes so he needs to grow there. I think they really like the idea of D.D. Westbrook as a possession guy Um, and then D.J. Chark. I Jags fans love him. I love the draft pick. I think there's a lot more project to Chark than people are leading on in terms of his development as a receiver, but the the raw speed, athleticism, and size combo is something that I'm sure Keenan McCardell is drooling over, so I know they signed Moncrief. I know they have Marquise Lee. I think Marquise Lee will continue to be in that top three just because of his trust level with Blake across the middle, but then he, then I do think it'll be Lee, Cole, and one of Chark or Westbrook this year that truly takes that third spot.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think with Lee's contract alone, he's probably going to be forced into that top three role whether he's needed there or not. Uh, if I had to choose it, it would probably be... I'd probably have Keelan Cole as like probably my one. DJ Chark at two... And let's let's put Westbrook at three, uh, the really young receiving core. Uh, really not a clear consensus number one, I feel like, on the roster at this point. But I think it will probably be Lee in the slot, even though he's probably going to be the number one receiver. He'll probably be in the slot. Cole on the outside, and then it'll probably be Moncrief and Shark probably taking reps out at the other spot. Uh, so that's who I think I'll probably be out there.
0: All right, obviously, the conversation about DJ Shark leads us into the Jaguars draft. So coming up, we'll get some more thoughts from these guys on what Jacksonville was able to do in the 2018 NFL draft.
1: Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast.
2: We got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest
0: but his deep ball passing is, like, the worst in the league.
1: Here Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts.
2: So, uh, like I said earlier about, like, contracts and how they're trying to shape things for the future, I, I, I viewed it as at pick 29, and I was sitting there at the draft, and I didn't want to tip the pick, and then I saw that – I just saw, I think Alex Marvez, like maybe 10 minutes before they picked, said, watch Taven Bryan to the Jags. And I knew Will Hernandez was going to be on the board at that point, and I was totally shocked. I had just, I had no idea. Um, I figured that they would have tried to upgrade both guard spots, put him at right, and then just have a truly dominant running game. Um, But then they took Bryan, and you've got, like I said with the contracts, is that they can let these guys go within the next year to two. So you've got his, their replacements in house. And at that point, not only do you have someone that can just kind of fit right in after being under Jackson's and Campbell's wing, whether they're playing defensive tackle or defensive end um, to grow from them, but then you grow that cap space within a year or two to then be able to pay your guys like Jalen Ramsey or Miles Jack or Yannick Ngakwe. So at first I didn't like it. I didn't think it was as much of a move that screams we're trying to win now, but then you look at it and you see how smart it can be long-term and how good of a prospect Brian can be because I do think he's probably got some of the one of the best first steps I've seen out of a defensive tackle in my time watching college prospects and albeit that hasn't been that long but just from you know what I've watched I think that there's truly some unique ability from Brian I really like that pick after I got used to the fact that it wasn't Will Hernandez
1: yeah so we've talked about uh DJ chart and we've talked about Taven Bryan uh give us one more draft pick that
3: Titans fans need to know Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, I'll probably say Ronnie Harrison, safety from Alabama. Uh, He might or might not start this year, depending on injuries or whatever, but I think in the next few years he's going to be a really good safety. Uh, If there's a draft pick that you want that you will probably see day one uh, this year, it's going to be Logan Cook, the punter out of Texas A&M. So no, no more freebie bad punts from Brad Nortman anymore. It's going to be uh, the Cook Show in uh, Jacksonville. All right, guys.
0: Well, we really appreciate you jumping on with us tonight. Um, before you go, one, give us kind of your thoughts on the 2018 Jacksonville, Jagu- or, yeah, 2018 Jacksonville Jaguars. What do you think the record will be? Can they repeat as AFC South champions? And then let our people know where they can find you, Twitter and all that kind of stuff.
2: I'm not sure what Chris is thinking. Um as for myself, I I see regression coming and it's not that I see them not being dominant. I still think that defense can be top of the league. I think the offense, the running game continue to be good. You still have Blake there, so you really never know. I just think it's hard to really, you know, expect the defense to play at the level they did last year cuz there were parts of it that almost seemed historic. Like you don't see that well that good of a defense that often. So I feel like it'd be unfair to ask them to repeat that. But I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed if they go ten and six. And I think that still competes for the division. But all of a sudden, you know, you've got the Titans coming up again. You've got the Texans who were a Deshaun Watson for the whole year away from contending for the division. So I do think it'll be one of the more tough divisions in in football. So it'll be fun. I'm seeing about ten and six for the Jags.
3: Now, I, I tried not to be a homer when I made my entire season prediction. I kind of went and, being the bored person I am, did game by game for every team. Uh, I think the defense will slightly regress. I don't think it's going to be super noticeable because there's really no significant pieces missing, aside from like Aaron Colvin, but that's a nickel cornerback. Uh, so I think the defense will still be there. I think the offense is going to take a step forward next year, I think, uh, I think Blake's going to play pretty well. I think the emergence of wide receivers that were at the end of last year will continue to play well this year. Uh, the O-line got better, so that only helps everybody. Uh, I think the Jags are going to go 12-4 and 4, uh, off a fairly easy schedule. There's a few games, the Steelers, the Patriots, and then the yearly. You don't know what's going to happen between the Titans and Jags. Uh, but I, I think they'll be able to... Be better than what they were last year with an improved offense.
0: All right, sounds good. So, yeah, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and all that good stuff.
3: Uh you can
2: find me the easier handle to remember at Zach underscore Goodall, uh, as well as all of my work being at Locked On Jaguars and Big Cat Country. Then I'll let Chris spell out his handle.
3: So, so you can find me at Misto Cristofo. But if you want an easier passage to finding it, you can just go to the at Locked On Jaguars Twitter page and look in the bio and look for the unusual name, and that will be mine. So that's a little <laughs>
0: slightly easier way to find me. All right, perfect, guys. Well, thanks so much for hopping on with us, and uh, we will talk to you again down the road probably when it gets closer to the season.
3: Thanks for having us.
0: All right, so, yeah, that'll do it for this episode of Locked on Titans. Uh, we'll be back later this week, uh, still kicking some things around for what we're going to do next, but uh, we'll have a couple more episodes for you this week. to so Check that out. In the meantime, com. Check us out there. We'll have stuff posted there every day. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again later this week.
1: Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite college team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.